Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, caffeinators. Uh, hope you're having a great day. Dave, how's it going out there? It is going great. It is the heat of summer. It's still super hot mm. here. And, <laughs> you know, we're getting towards the end of August and into September. So we're you and I are kind of gearing up for IVAC. So yeah. we're happy for that to, to come around and maybe a little bit cooler weather. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm always happy with the heat, yeah. even though it's it, it's draining on a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. How are you guys doing out there? Uh, we're okay still. Uh, still no fires. We ha- it, was, it was a little <laughs> colder or over the weekend and actually got a little bit of rain, which is unheard of for August for us, which was yeah. great. Although, as we say here, it only leads to more fuel for fires. Um, but, uh, but yeah, otherwise it's warming back up. And like you said, late August, it's the heat of the summer for us. So, uh, but I am, I'm excited for fall and whatever seasons we do get here. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, but yeah, Ivex is coming up. I can't believe it's in what, like three weeks now, two and a half weeks, Um, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So we'll we'll be, we'll be out there in a couple weeks. Yeah. So get ready Nashville. Um, again, caffeinators, um, if you see us, come find us, we'll have some stuff for you. Um, some flags, some pins, some, some cool little things along the way so i think we're gonna we're gonna forego the the meetup i think because of the yeah just because of the rising numbers we don't yeah we don't need to be adding fuel to the fire right right unfortunately we won't be doing the, as much as we really want to do that but. the, the meetup like we'd planned so uh, but definitely if you find us before or after lectures or in the halls or, or what have you stop by and say hello and tell us where you're from and um, we have flags for you and pins and all that kind of fun stuff. So all that good stuff. Yeah, so definitely find us, and then I'll also be at uh, Wild West Vet Conference in Reno in early October. I'll have all the same stuff with with me there as well. So if you're if you plan to be up in Reno, I think it's the second week of October, like the sixth through the ninth. We'll be doing a couple hours of toxicology up there nice. as well. So definitely come say hi. Um, very excited for today's episode. We are kind of. Not restarting, but finally uh, revisiting continuing. our continuing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, our international series. So we started that I think earlier in the year, way early in the year, with Andrea. Yeah, Steele. with with Andrea. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, today we have Ninka Hillebrand coming by the Vet Tech Cafe from the Netherlands. So uh, Dave, you and I know her from our study group for the AVECTN exam, yeah. which was what 2013. Is that how long ago? That 2013. Was? Yeah. So yeah. Um, really excited to catch up with her, and <laughs> I love in her bio she she put at the top for her for her name 36 year old female european short hair i thought that i thought that was so clever i very well may steal that for my own bio but <laughs> so i think like what are you gonna call yourself you're gonna uh, I, you know i was thinking like like a manx maybe like, like <laughs> i was gonna say like i don't know 42 year old 
male intact domestic bald i don't know <laughs> american bald hair something but but uh that's good <laughs> um but i think like many of us you know as a young kid uh she grew up with all kinds of animals and and was always into animals so kind of knowing wanted to be a vet at an early age though as she says admittedly she sucked at math and all things numbers so the path to, to university was was long and, and difficult for someone with with that. But at the age of 16, she moved 200 kilometers from home to go to college and become a veterinary technician. Since then, she's worked in zoo, animal shelter, regular vets, um, a sheep delivery internship, and interned at the University Clinic of Utrecht, uh, which is where a large number of Dutch veterinarians uh, go to school. In 2005, got a contract as a vet nurse at the Emergency and Critical Care Clinic of Amsterdam, which is one of few such facilities in the Netherlands. Her and a friend of hers have created a nursing program for her technician college focusing on ECC nursing. And then in 2015, with a lot of personal struggles, uh, like many of us in our field dealing with burnout, um, eventually left vet med altogether and switched over to human med to become a, a phlebotomist. Not long after that, kind of going through that burnout process again, um, decided to go get some help from a school for personal growth with a focus on systemic therapy. And she's decided to go back to vet med and not caring for pets this time, but to care for the vets and the nurses. So she's now a certified systemic therapist um, and is at the moment teaching a group of 45 veterinarians and veterinary nurses uh, through in-company training. And the name of that training, which I think is super clever, is if I say yes now to what do I have to say no to later? And I think that's a struggle yeah. so many of us have. Um, and that's a course <laughs> where they're learning and experiencing personal and physical boundaries and what happens physically when boundaries are crossed and, and left unmanaged. So we're going to cover a whole lot of all of that today. Um, but before we do, uh, Ninka, thank you so much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe. I know it's nine in the morning for you, so it's in the evening for you, or nine in the morning for me, uh, in the early evening for you, Dave, somewhere in the middle. Um, I don't know if it's, <laughs> noon, yeah. if it's time for caffeine for you, but if so, uh, what can we get you for a cup of coffee? Hi, um, thank you for introducing me. Um, my coffee is normally in the morning, so Having some red bush tea. Okay. Um, or else I'm not sleeping, but in the morning it's uh, um, with a little milk. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. So if you don't mind, uh, you know, I kind of read some of the points in your bio there, but, you know, we always ask our guests to take us through their career path because it really gives us a feel of, you know, how they got started in vet med, some of the cool things they've done along the way, and then all of the all of what you're doing now and, and kind of maybe where you see that going in the future as well. Yeah, well, I think you summarized it quite nicely. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always a little bit more uh, with words, so uh, I think your recap was good. Um, but yeah, so I started at 16. I decided to go to the to the college a long way from home. And um, so I lived there through the weekend, during the weeks and got back home. Uh, in the north of uh, the Netherlands uh, for to work and so and so on for five years we studied and um, and then I got my job at the emergency clinic in uh, Amsterdam I did not think they would hire me because they were they were looking for experienced vet techs but um well yeah <laughs> they took me in so uh, here we are <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was I only finished school in uh, 2006 so I got the contract like half half a year prior so I worked around my college uh, college hours I worked there and then in the summer I got my uh, my contract so uh, and um yeah I worked there for an, for a lot of years and as you already pointed out we um 
we did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was survival mode in the first right. first year yeah. for being like a green greenie, you mm-hmm. know, a rookie. A rookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I don't remember from the first year and a half, two years, I don't remember anything. <laughs> just, I bought my own house there at uh, 21 in Amsterdam. So um, my dad helped me. With, uh, so we bought a house together and I could live there. So uh, I had, uh, or else you had to rent. So mm. It was difficult to rent in Amsterdam. Mm. So um, uh, yeah, I was um, moving. I was, I think I had a house, but I was living 40 hours at least a week uh at the emergency clinic in Amsterdam. So. Okay. Yeah. And then um, a few years later, we, uh, as you already told, told everyone, um, we were developing internal schooling um, because they were uh, very prone to uh, get us to IVEX and EVEX and uh, BSAVA and all that kind of emergency, clinical, uh, uh, emergency clinic-based congresses. So, um, but they had like this condition, if you go there, that's fine, we will pay for you. But if you come back, then um, uh, you teach the people that stayed behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a yeah. nice concept. And uh, that's where I learned that I love to teach also. So I love to train and, and to teach. And um, yeah, so I took in, uh, took in the job together with a colleague of mine, a few colleagues of mine to go to the congresses and learn some stuff and then take it back yeah. home uh, so we developed this program for my for my college and um so it ran for about two two or three years i'm not sure and uh then everything happened and i applied for uh, uh the AVACT study in america and um i failed so <laughs> um that's uh that was uh, quite because I, I already told you it's um i was very um it was very difficult for me to i'm a very practical person Mm -hmm. so i see it i learn it and i feel how it works and it and it sticks but Mm -hmm. it's a really theoretically uh theoretically uh, based study of course um because you need to know a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. so right so i um so i failed and uh of course you have more um possibilities but life happened and i i just you know I think uh, a lot of people with me are have the same thing about uh, if you fail something, it's quite hard to get back on the horse mm, because mm-hmm. it's it was such a big thing, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a big thing for us to go. It costs it's a, a lot of money commitment. to participate. Yeah, 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 to participate. And uh, so uh, when I in the year I 2013, I think I flunked, and then 2014 I I gave birth to my first little girl. And then, so that was for me the, okay, well, I'll take the exam next year. And then next year was 2015 and my dad got, fell ill by uh, colon cancer. So, uh, mm. so I said, well, okay, just leave it be, you know? So I had all kinds of excuses to not go uh, and flunk again. <laughs> so then I um, realized uh, then I, in 2015, I burned out when my dad fell ill. It was like the last um, straw, I think. Because the the clinic was busy, it has been busy, and it's still busy. It's always busy mm-hmm. and taking <laughs> taking everything from you. Yeah. Um, someone ple- someone told me once it peels off uh, layer for layer oh. for layer, and then uh, and, you know, and that's that's how it goes. Um, that's a good analogy. If you don't watch out for yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like uh, it, yeah. And then when you when you think, okay, now I'm really done, now I'm go- and I'm going to leave, and um, that's that's how it works. Unfortunately, a lot in uh, in the Netherlands. Mm. So um, I left, and then as, as yeah, as you summarized, I um, got in this uh, personal development program 
It's like a year year's program. It's it's a u- unique program. Uh, two guys from the Netherlands they started it. It's called 365 Days Successful. But it's it's all about love and and about self love and about taking your own responsibilities and stuff. So that's where I learned that um, I wanted to change uh, the veterinary field. You know the way we look, the way we take care and uh, of ourselves mm-hmm. and or not to take care of ourselves. Or not take yeah. care of ourselves. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that's um, that's how my um, uh, company uh, started in th- 2019. I uh, at four April fourth, 2019. I um, I registered here at the I don't know how we call it Kamer van Koophandel, but uh, it's like with the Dutch authorities you register officially and then you right. get a number okay. for the for the taxes to pay and stuff. So it's, then it was shit got real, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and then um, so. And it's called um, Bewust Energiek. So if I have to translate it, it's, um, I don't know, what's the English word? I don't I know. I wish I could help you. <laughs> yeah, I know, because you don't know the Dutch word either. <laughs> well, it's like, um, well, it's, it has to do with uh, being uh, knowingly, consciously, yeah, <laughs> that's the word. No, yeah, consciously energized, that's it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so... <laughs> So consciously energized. So uh, you have to be conscious about your energy. Where does it flow? Where does it? Where do you hit the wall? Right. Where's the leak? Okay. You know. Yeah. So that's where it's all about. And um, I, I can help, of course, everyone that needs my help. But I focus on vet med because I think hmm. that's that's where the care is needed. And I, um, with all my field experience, they when they are in a session, I do one-on-one sessions, but group sessions also. And then um, they only have to say like half a word and you know they they know i know what they they are talking about so wow hmm. yeah wow. so that's um, it i think uh, and then uh, i got an email from dave <laughs> <laughs> that brings us up to today there we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> before we get too involved in the in the mental health stuff which which we really want to talk about as well um, yeah, yeah. you mentioned in there that you you're con- you were contracted is that is that standard for Technicians or nurses in in the Netherlands, where you're contracted, whereas in the states, it's rare for technicians to have an actual contract with a with a hospital. Oh, really? Okay, I did not know that. Okay, yeah. um, so is it only if you get VTS that you get mm-hmm. a nope. contract? Okay. No, no, yeah, no, we we don't really we're not really contracted in any way, and for the most part, I okay, guess. So you yeah. don't have any study. You don't. Well, in the yeah, in, in the Netherlands, it works with everything. If you want to work here, you get a contract, and then they have mm-hmm. a rule. If you um, you first, you get a one-year contract, and then uh, they can prolong it by another year. And uh, after that, they have to let you go, or they take you in for like forever. Oh wow! Until you leave, oh. or until they oh, want wow. to leave. Yeah, so you're protected that way. Okay. Oh wow, um, that's great. Yes, it is, but it also makes it that some kind of companies are going to let you go about. After two years, because they don't want to. They don't want. Studies. Yeah, they don't want because to pay. Because if, yeah. if they take you in and then you get sick, then they have to pay for you also. Mm. Oh, so we have an okay. insurance, and they are insured, but always, and you know, if if someone fell, falls ill, then. But um, yes, it's normal that you get a contract here. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. And yeah. Is correct me if I'm wrong. Is Netherlands one of the countries that has universal health care? Uh, yeah. So it's it's okay. uh, mandatory here. Okay. It's it's it it is a choice, but if you if you choose to not have healthcare, then it's fairly impossible to get in anywhere. So oh, 
Okay. It's not really a choice. Gotcha. It's mandatory almost. Yeah. Gotcha. It's not really yeah. mandatory. They say it's not mandatory. But, but, but it is, yeah. So. Gotcha. If, yeah. if you want care, it essentially uh-huh. is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then let's just look at the the veterinary tech, technician profession. Or are you guys called veterinary nurses? Yeah, I thought about that because you asked me that before. Um, yeah, we call if if we if I translate it, it's called animal assistant. Okay. For the we have like several layers. So you have the animal assistant, and then you have the uh, it's called para veterinaire. Almost, almost, uh, almost vet. Okay. If you okay. translate it, um, but then so then you're higher skilled. You are contracted to do more um, handlings or more. How do you call it? Uh, um, like skills. So you can draw blood. Okay. Yeah, skills, okay. of course. Yeah. 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 So yeah. how how does the how does the veterinary nursing profession look like in the Netherlands right now? Like, what are the some of the the struggles that you guys have in, in your country, because, you know, we've talked to a lot of guests from the States and, you know, they're all fairly similar in, in what they what they pick out as, as to be the biggest problem. But in this international series, what are we what are we seeing on your side of the of the Atlantic mm-hmm. Ocean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course, um, the elephant in the room is the burnout. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a big problem. But also finding good skilled people is is uh, is like, wow, it's so hard to do. Really? I see people asking for for personnel and they d- just don't get uh, good sc- skilled p- people. So wow. that's hard to to find a good vet and to find uh, a good uh, uh, vet tech, too. It's it's hard gotcha. at the moment. So I just uh, talked uh, to my friend. She's a vet. She has owned uh, three clinics her own of her own. And she told me this uh, that. It's the problem is only getting worse. Mm. So, to find good people, there are more jobs than people to work at in the Netherlands at the moment. So, it's uh, gotcha. yeah. Mm. One of the things too that a lot of people talk about in the states is is what we call utilization. So, if you have if you're well trained and you have a lot of skills, you know you can do a lot of things. But there's varying laws state to state that that might allow people in this state to do a certain thing and then not in this particular state. Mm-hmm. So utilization, actually getting to, to use the skills that we have is, is a big problem. Do you find that over there as well that, you know, maybe there are some, some higher trained people, but whether the, the veterinarians don't want to let them use the skills or the, the, the facilities or, or the laws, et cetera, that, that they just can't, is that a problem as well? I don't think, uh, not, not like not that. Not like that, okay. Um, of course you have vets in the smaller clinics it's like one vet with a few uh vet techs that are keeping them like small i've, I've uh, trained uh, interns on a clinic once and they uh, they were all happy about that they could put a microchip in a cat because that was the that was the highlight of their day oh, of wow. their week you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and i was like okay if this is like vet med world i don't want it right because I want more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> then putting a microchip in a, you know. Yeah. So I, I'm, I don't know if um, I think no. I, I'm maybe some maybe some of my veterinary friends will say, "What are you talking about?" Of course, but that's not how I see it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, so um, you talked about going away to school to get that, you know, for veterinary technician education. So, what does the education path look like? In the Netherlands, how long is that program? Is there a national credentialing examination? And then once you once you've gone through that process, what do you have to do to maintain any kind of license or credential that you receive? Um, so my path uh, took about five years because, again, I suck at math, and if I <laughs> if I just wanted the fast the fast train, then I didn't 
I, I shouldn't suck at math because, you know. So I, I did first, I did three years of animal care. Okay. And then that's where I did the internship at the animal uh, clinic, but also at the zoo, at the, all kinds of animal stuff. And then I did the specialization, they called it. And then you did I did two years of paraveterinaire, of, you know, of um, vet tech school okay. in the same in the same college. Um, I believe there is that's that's one college that's and I chose for that college college because they have all the animals intern internally so you have everything at your disposal to learn everything what you need to go to be a vet tech but also I know there are like homeschooling offices that you can just uh, on internet you can just study and then you can if you if you make your study then you have to do an internship one or two i believe and then uh, then you're a vet tech too so there are little um there's discussion about how how good skilled you are and i know that there are vets that rather have one of the college than one of the homeschooling mm-hmm. officers of course mm, but okay. still you know it's um so so that and we don't have to uh, it's like with the with, with vts you have to cre- have to set your credentials at every five years mm-hmm. right yep yep By, every five. or putting in your um exam again or your case logs or whatever if i'm correct correct me if i'm wrong well it's, it's not the whole but, application but you have to it's it's basically continuing education yeah like yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Oh, you have to prove, yeah. yeah, that you continued so much of, right. uh, yeah, per per year, yeah, or something. Yeah. Or you could take, or you could just take the exam again. Which <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. No Nobody thanks. wants Nobody that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Of course not. But um, no, I um, uh, there are a lot of. Uh, it's not mandatory to uh, to keep your status or something. Okay. So you, but a lot of vet techs are very eager to learn. Um, so there are a lot of um, possibilities to go to the like the congress uh, in Holland. We have this annual congress. It's called the Veterinary Technician Congress, and all kinds of speakers and uh, and vets. And um, so if you go there, you of course you get the newest of the of the trends and the newest painkillers. And the, so you, um, but it's not mandatory. So there, of course, there's a bunch of people. Like for even for vets, it's not even mandatory. Oh wow! Oh wow! So and that's something we we still find um, uh, crazy because sometimes you have like these really old vets mm-hmm. that are, can be really good, but some of them are not really really good. We all know them from TV or right. You know, and they yeah. just wow. Yeah. Okay, and so, so that and so there there isn't. It sounds like a like a a national exam that you have to take once you're done with school. Or yeah, if you're done with school, you have to. Of course, you have to do exam. Oh, there is. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. there is. Of course, yeah, there is. There is. So you, so you pass or you don't Got pass. It. And okay. Then, you know, um, and then if you don't pass, you just do the exam over. And if you don't pass, then you have to do the year over. You quit, okay. Gotcha. Basically. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And and something that we see a lot here in the states is uh, a lack of. I don't want to say exposure, but a lack of understanding of what veterinary technicians do. How does the public in your country feel about veterinary technicians and nurses? What are they? How are they perceived? Yeah. Well, that remind. I saw the question earlier, and then I. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but I, I had to smile about it because it 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 took me back to one time. I was in my night shift, in my graveyard shift, and I was like. It, it was 2 a.m. and there was this this older lady with her dog and i don't 
I don't know the case, but she was like, oh, it's so good of you to do this voluntarily. And I went, what? No. <laughs> oh, wow. So I think that's your answer. There are a lot okay. of people who think it's a volunteer, we, we volunteer or something. Oh, um, wow. And but also um, they think we on the other side they think we are like the richest people in the world. You know, you were money wolves. Yep, uh, I think yep. you know that too. You're um, only in it for the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're only in it for the money. And uh, and then and then I think of my crappy car that yeah. I almost have to push home. And then I think, <laughs> of course I'm in. The, of course I'm in it for the money. And I'm here like, covered in poo and blood and, and pee and everything. And of course I'm in it for the yeah, money. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's one of the one of the things the lack of understanding. Standing is one of the things that uh, drove me out of the business also because mm. I did not have the skills to protect myself against all the emotional overload every day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And in mm. an emergency setting, it's, I think, even worse. But I, I don't know. I think in a normal setting, it's horrible. It can be horrible too. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Wow. So now let's talk about what, what, you're, what you're doing now. So mm-hmm. kind of getting back to, you know, coming back into vet med. Um, one question I have is, is you were out of veterinary medicine for a little, a short period of time there. I'm curious, do you, have you noticed any big changes or is it just maybe worse or is it about the same as it was, say, when you left, when you, what you noticed when you came back and then talk a little bit about what you're doing now um, and then we'll kind of jump off from there. Yeah. So I think it did not really change, okay. but the awareness of of, I think the awareness changed. So we are more aware that there that we need to make a change. So I, I uh, a few years back when I when I went out of the field, uh, or even more back in 2015 when I had my burnout, they were all just complaining. Oh, everybody's going burnout, and nobody, you know. And now there there are veterinarians and uh, clinics or clinic leaders, how do you call it, um, that are realizing that if they don't take care of their people, they have to, you know, that's why they burn out. And um, so I see it a, a trend, I think, in more health, uh, mental health care and, and more companies paying for their people to get mental health care to get healthy again. So Good. I was just going to ask yeah. how, how, how mental health is viewed in the Netherlands and in, mm-hmm. in the U.S., I think not that long ago, Dave, you might agree, especially in our field, it was really quite taboo and, you know, it wasn't much yeah, that was talked about. Was. I think it's probably with the help of social media, it's it's much more prevalent or much more talked about or, or not so, you know, hush-hush, shall we say, as it used I, to be. Well, but. I think we were aware of it, but I think we also had that that feeling of like, not that it's other people's problems, but it's, we, we never thought it would affect us. Mm. You know, we always thought that we always, we'd see talk of suicide we'd see talk of mental health issues but we, we would yeah. never like see that internally within our own circle yeah. you know it was always something that was outside the circle so we never really felt like we had to talk about it even though most of our colleagues are probably going through yeah. it yeah yeah and so you know on an awareness level and and what have you it sounds like it's a bit better in the netherlands as well that people are accepting that it's a prevalent problem they're starting yeah. to yeah be willing to help deal with it and and what have you yeah yeah I think in the Netherlands we have I don't know I believe one in four uh, veterinarians they they go to school for six to ten years and then they have a debt of forty to sixty or eighty thousand euros depending on what kind of specialization how long they 
went to school at the university and then they get out with a you know with a a lot of stress load from the from the university also because i heard from students there they said well there are so many people going burn out in the during the um, school or during their college time mm -hmm. And at the university, and then they um, then they get into the work field, and then you know, so a lot of uh, that's also for the um, uh, that's for the vets, but also for the um, veterinary uh, for the vet techs, they they start happy, and then within a year they think, okay, this is this is all this is not what we signed up for. So mm -hmm. they stop yeah. or they change before they go burn out, or so it's I don't know, it's um I, I don't know how you asked the question, but it's um <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's. I think that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we see that too. It's it's uh, it's it's not taboo anymore because, but because we see it that often. It's it, like I said, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah. Everybody knows it's there, but we we sometimes they we cannot now we cannot longer choose to deny yeah. it. You know, mm -hmm. and and if it's yeah. one other question I have as well is is in the U.S. Um, part of the mental health crisis, I'll, I'll say, is that getting help with mental health in most cases is not covered by insurance. Um, it's, it's paid out of pocket as part of healthcare in the Netherlands. Like if somebody wants to go see a psychologist or, or get to get that kind of help, is that, is that covered? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But, but there's a big, but. Okay. um, if you have uh, mental health issues, like, uh, you have like suicidal thoughts or anything, then it's hard to get in mm. because there are so many and mm. there are, there are not enough, you know, you get you come you come with your doctors, and they, you say, okay, I have these these thoughts, and then they, of course, they will try to help, and then they they put an assistant, a doctor's assistant, or someone um, a little bit more trained for suicidal thoughts, and they help you through the waiting list. But the waiting list can be up to six weeks or four months. You know, Ooh, wow. that's wow. way too long. Wow. Yeah. So uh, so then it turns out if you go and pay it out of your own pocket, then there are a lot of because you have as a mental health. Uh, like like a psychologist or anything, you have to be assigned by the uh, by the comp by the insurance company to be uh, to be that they pay your bills, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but if you there are so many uh, um, psychologists or coaches or you know that are not assigned by the by the insurance. So if you go there, you have to pay mm -hmm. for yourself. Okay. But mm -hmm. but I believe the mo that's why the in the veterinary field there are um, uh, companies that pay for their personnel okay. to do a mm. training or to go if if there's one with a uh, with, with issues they help and they are not all but I know I know that they are there because I know I with my company I'm I'm not being paid by the insurance so if people come with me uh, uh, come to me they have to uh, pay out of their own pocket okay. or their clinic pays it for okay them. gotcha mm. gotcha well let's take a little quick break this seems like a good breaking point before we start to talk about um, what you're doing yeah. now. Um, we kind of alluded to it a little bit, but let's take a little quick break here and we'll be right back. The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online that's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy and financial aid is available. Caffeinators receive 10% off the first month using BetterHelp.com slash VetTechCafe. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. 
You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Don't take our word for it. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com reviews. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash reviews. If you want to take charge of your mental health, visit betterhelp.com slash vettechcafe and get started today and get 10% off your first month. Be well, caffeinators. All right, and we are back. Um, so, Ninko, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. I know you've kind of switched out of working with animals to now working with uh, actual technicians and, and veterinarians. Uh, what are you doing right now with your company? Um, with my company, yeah. I um, So I, I have people coming in one-on-one so i coach them mm-hmm. um i teach them to feel their own boundaries to look at their own thoughts because if you think negatively or think like in fear then you feel feared or you feel negative or you know and that's how you act also so um we look at that um and have all kinds of tools for that to feel the to feel it and to see yeah to, to take another view of the world that because we all have our own stories uh, and we believe Though, you know, everybody has their own little world, and that's fine. But sometimes it's better to change the point of view a little so for you to handle the world better. So um, so that's what I do. And uh, also the company training uh, I'm doing at this point, it's, it's a little bit different than the one-on-one training. But I still, I always feel like if you experience it, if you experience your boundaries, like where if, if someone, uh, for example, we have this, how do you call it, um, exercise with that if you have two people, one has the eyes closed and the other one has the eyes open and then you walk up to the one with the eyes closed and then the one with the eyes closed says when they feel them coming, stop. And most of the time, because it gives you a lot of information uh, about your own boundaries, most of the time the people that have the most lack of boundaries, they end up nose to nose. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. And they are like, oh, did not see, I did not feel you coming or I did not, you know, I did not feel anything. And then if you practice, 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 of course, they will find, they will find, oh, okay, that's where you are. That's where you are. They need a little bit more time. But um, and also, if you enter someone's energy field, aura, whatever you want to call it, but I call it energy field, you feel a kind of pressure. And if you feel the pressure in your head, then or in your chest or in your stomach, or you know, then it's it's a good thing because if if you can feel that, then if if something is really crossing your boundaries a lot and not not just energetically, but also during the day with phone calls or anything, then it's going to build up and that's where you feel it. So it's in a, in, if you feel it in a, in a safe setting, then you can realize when it happens in a busy setting, okay, I have to take a break or, and then I just teach them, go to the bathroom, sit there for a few minutes, you know, you have a right mm. to go to pee. Yeah. <laughs> so sit there, do a breathing exercise, just, you know, and uh, a lot of the people I work with, they say, well, I've, I've, I've used it for a few times and it really worked. Mm. Of course it works. <laughs> you know? I know it works. But it's, uh, it's funny because then uh, if, if we did the walking uh, exercise and I asked them, okay, so where did you feel it when she entered your energy field? Oh, yeah, in my head. Or Okay, if you're stressed out, where do you feel it? I get a migraine mm. or I get like pressure on my chest or I get diarrhea or, you know, or I get nausea mm-hmm. or, anything so I, I want people to feel what happens because in our profession we are so busy with our heads we are always 
uh, calculating and managing stuff, we are we are not connecting with our bunny, buddies. So it's just we are only connecting with our buddies when it screams very loud right. that it's done with all right. these stress factors. So when you've gone too far, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I do. I do a lot. I write columns also to spread the word. Great. <laughs> and uh, Good. Yeah. yeah, of course, I do. I do a lot of. A lot more stuff. Oh, also the systemic point of view you t- talked about earlier. That is something um, uh, that I wanted to start like with evenings, but then Corona mm. came, and then it was not it was not safe for us to be in a in a room like working close. Right. Yeah. You know, it was not safe. But it starts to get a bit better here. So I want to see if I can organize these evenings also to um, yeah. Okay. Can you just talk a little bit about what is what is systemic? What okay. does that mean? I always find it hard to explain in Dutch also yeah. <laughs> because it's what I said. It's about the energy fields and everybody has this energy field. You know, it when you get in, into a party and, uh, and it's like really nice and really, you know, you feel the vibe is nice. Okay, this vibe mm-hmm. is the energy. Everybody is, is vibrating on the same energy. And that's when you go into a birthday or in a clinic where it's been really stressful. And you sometimes you get in and you're like, oh, wow, what happened here, you know? And yeah. everybody's like, Whoa. and they're really negative, really low, low um, vibrating of energy. And that's that feels like it's drained, you know? Well, that's this because we all have our own energy fields. And if you are not managing your boundaries, it's easy to get mixed up in all these energy fields. And with the systemic, we work with the energy fields of, let me see how I ex- explain this. Um, Okay, for example, you have a problem with your coworker, and you can come to me as a therapist, and then I say, of course, your coworker is not there. Uh, so I, if we have like this group of people, as we had before, as now not for one and a half years, but as we had before, we have this group of people. They we call them representants. Um, what's what's the word in English? Let me see. I'm not sure. It's it's you have people that are willing to be act but it's not an act you know to to be the person uh, like do you want to uh, be the image of my co- co-worker at this point oh, like like role and playing they, and, yeah. yes it's re- but it's not really role playing okay. because that's that wouldn't do uh, justice to okay. it because you step into the energy field because someone gets invited into your energy field okay so okay. they they step into the energy f- energy of in your field and they are going to experience how the co-worker feels or how once I'm with someone's aunt was invited into the to the field and the the person was starting to look crooked or how you call it squared eyed no crossed eyed and she was like whoa what's happening and she and then the person who invited her said wow my aunt who you are you who you are representing they are she was uh, cross-eyed as you are mm. now so it's it goes really far and um of course the person doing that did not know because it's always almost always strangers from each other so mm. and then what happens is because you are in someone's energy you can work out stuff so if you are questioning why is my co-worker always mad at me maybe you are placing them energetically in the place of your dad and you have a bad relationship with your dad for example, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then you can realize, okay, but this coworker I'm having difficulties with is not my dad, of course. <clears throat> right. But because I see, because I see that now, I place them on the wrong energetic 
place because systemically everybody has a place. Uh, mother and mothers are on the left side of your body and dads are on the right side of your body. It's your family line. You can see it like uh, a V or a, a tower or with us on top as children and then with your own children on top of you and their children on top of them. But if you're at this point without children, you are on top of your parents. So, And then with your left side of the body is your mother's side and on the right side of your body is your father's side with all the energetic fields behind them. So it's difficult to explain what it does, but I think having said all this, I think it comes to that you have, uh, it, it creates a lot of insight of why things are happening as they are happening, why they are happening as they are happening at the moment. So, so for companies, it's um, really um, like an eye-opener. And if you are having a company, it's because everybody brings their own energy field and they react to everybody in there because mm -hmm. everybody that gets into your energy field, energy field they, you place them in your systemic field. So that's why ah, you have okay. sometimes you, you feel, have like a, a good uh, vibe with someone and someone sometimes you have a bad vibe with someone or mm. neutral that's of, of course possible too and that depends on how you view them in your energy field if someone tends to trigger you like your abusive dad did or your you know if you had a, a parent that was always screaming at you and then you then a customer comes in and does that in the same energetically in the same way it triggers and then if you are not able at that point to recognize this is not my father or this is not my uncle or my mom or whatever, then you get triggered and traumatized all over again. Huh. Okay. Do you, do you, yeah. is it a little bit clear? Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little okay. bit. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> do you need, as I said, it's quite because talking about energy fields is a little bit more taboo than talking about <laughs> people are thinking if if i call it an aura then an aura you know or uh, whatever then they are like Look, i'm out bye yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so that's why i talk about energy fields and i give the example of parties and because yeah. that's something they can relate yeah, that, that does to. Make yeah sense. absolutely and so i guess my next question is going to be kind of along those lines like when you start talking to you know our colleagues about this, or if you're talking to veterinarians or veterinary nurses, how how is what you're you know communicating to them the the exercises you're you're having them do? How is how is that received? How do they are they like skeptical? Are they just like okay, let's let's just do this and try it and and see what happens? Is, mm -hmm. Does you do you feel like it's received pretty well going you know going through this kind of these exercises yeah well the one-on-one -on -one, uh sessions they are always received very Good. well because they are so done with how they are yeah. uh, mm. receiving yeah. the world at that point yeah. so they are so ready for change of course the the bigger trainings you have the, the company arranged it so you always have a few people that are like skeptical and, and are don't want to participate but always there are a few that are like yes this is where i waited for this is this is what i Good. need so and um of course it happens that people take one-on-one -on -one, uh, courses from me uh next to the training because it's so because you zoom in on the of course on the uh, personal problems of a of a person mm -hmm. and mm. that's not what you do to, during the training that's why you it's it's globally right so it's more bigger and with with your work so i mean obviously you're working with the the veterinary staff the the technicians and nurses the veterinarians etc are are, mm -hmm. are you helping the clinic at all like are you working with them to try to change the environment to make it so that their people don't get to this point 
is that at all part I of think, it or 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 is that a little bit different as well i th- it's um I think it's in the, in their baby shoes because they uh, they are talking about it to uh, to work together and th- they know that they have to change something. But um, at this point, it, it's uh, I'm already really glad that they are paying me for their coworkers or for their yeah. staff, you yeah. know. And if I, and I think if like from the 45 people, all 45 said I want a one-on-one coaching, they said no. Sure. But because it's uh, one or two or three, you know, then they say, of course. Yeah. That's if you need this, of course. We see your your work is uh, is hard on you at the at this point. So uh, of course, take uh, take this uh, take this course. So, but I know that they are their eyes are opened and they they are they are starting to see their own role in this area in this whole mental health area. And of course, we don't. It's not all their fault. We ourselves, as as Vetex, we kept it in because we worked hard, and when they when and then we we are proud of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah, yeah we did it, we did yeah. it. But then on the other time, when we complain about it, they said, "Why? Why do? Why are you complaining? You were you're doing this for for ten years. Why are you complaining yeah. now? You know, we have been keeping it this way because we have always." You have the responsibility to the animals. So if there is a coworker sick, you you stay longer, and someone mm. else gets earlier in. And you know, if there's no no one else to work, then you work a double shift. Uh, so we kept the problem circulating, and that's something uh, I try to. And they don't really like it. Of course, the staff uh, likes it. Eh? Like you have to take better care of yourself, and then you know, mm. if if it's too much to fill in the shift, then don't. Because if you yeah. fill it in now, you say no, you say yes to this, and then you say no to your family time or to your time with your mom and dad or your best friend or or the dinner you were looking forward to, and yeah. then you're saying no to yourself. Mm. And if mm. you keep yeah. doing that, in the end of the time, the company gets blamed. You you were always pushing me to work so hard, but in the end, we weren't the ones that did not say right. no. Yeah, mm. it's true. And, and I would imagine yeah. imagine that's very compounded by the fact that it almost sounds like you guys have a much more dire situation in the in the technician shortage than we do here in the states. And in the states, that's that's one of the big things that we're we're dealing with now is the, is the shortage of people to work the shifts. And I feel like that's just going to compound the whole fact that you guys are dealing with burnout. And on top of everything else, you don't have anyone to to take over, mm-hmm. um, which which has got to be really really hard. Yeah. I just can't yeah. imagine it being worse than it is here. But it sounds like it might actually be. No, I'm not sure. It's. Um, I think you. I think nobody wants to change the position. Whether I, I, do, I wouldn't want to work at the clinic where you work, and you don't want to work at the clinic where I work. You know, because yeah, yeah. it all has its own stuff. I, I don't know about the UK, about the US, but about uh, your holidays. Mm. I talked to Jonathan uh, once about his holiday, and then his clinic was taken over by another cli- by a bigger company, and then all of his his build up holidays were gone. Oh wow! Oh. And he's like, yeah. you know, and I thought, okay, if I wasn't burnout, then I would go burnout. Right? Then, yeah. You know? yeah. 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 <laughs> Everybody needs a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And uh, so I think we have a right with the contract. We have a right of five weeks holiday per year. So. I know, I know, right? Yeah. Because what was the last? How many? How many days do you get? And then you don't get paid, probably. Take a holiday like that. We do have. We call it PTO, paid time off. I think okay. standard here. You start off at like a week, and then, you know, if you've been there for two years, three years, it goes up to two weeks, maybe three weeks. But mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be there yeah. almost ten years to get five weeks yeah. off. Yeah. 
yeah. um, at any that's one company. Yeah. And that's, that's so rare yeah. that, that people do that. Mm. Yeah. It, it sounds like, you know, what you were describing with um, dealing with the teams and going into hospitals like that. Uh, it almost sounds like you're comparable to a social worker. Do you understand what a social worker is? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. If that, okay. Do you find that's comparable to what you're doing now, or is it is it a little bit different? Um, I think it's comparable, but the I have a different approach. Okay. Because with the systemic background, and because my background is a fat tech, I have a different approach. Mm. Mm. So okay. if I've been to a psychologist myself the first time around when when I burned out in 2015 and she did not have the of course we talked about it and then I realized okay something has to change blah blah blah. but she did not teach me how to maintain my own boundaries and how to look at my own thoughts and how to look at all the things that are uh, within my own uh, responsibility you know what's my responsibility and what's your responsibility it's not your responsibility to look out for me it's my responsibility to look out for me. So only in the just in the after my second, when I started to feel all those burnout signals again, when I started the year, the first year of uh, of the schooling with a 365 days successful. Only then they learned me in the first few weeks already that I don't have to manage everyone's shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And that's where I thought, okay. And that's where I started to feel what it was like and how to train myself to to be aware of my own boundaries and what happens then mm, and okay. are they this triggers mine or someone else's or okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does it answer it? You, does yeah. It oh yeah. Your yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and one question I, I want to ask too is is because uh, I'm curious if it's different with the contract situation um, that you guys have there. So currently in the U.S. there are a number of emergency clinics, 24-hour clinics that are either altering their hours, so shortening the time that they're open, or closing altogether on certain days because of the staffing crisis here, because they they don't have the staff to take care of the pets. What was a 24-hour clinic might now be closed on weekends. Or, or what have you. Do you find that kind of thing happening there at all? Yeah, the my vet, uh, my vet friend. I called her, uh, called her yesterday just to check up on her, and um, she said, "Well, we have this big of a problem with um, shortage in animal in vets and in staff." all around that she has to close uh, one day in the weekend at, at least and sometimes on Saturdays too. Wow. So yeah, we but she's not open 24 seven, mm-hmm. but still, but still yeah. Know? Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Nika, as we're getting closer to an hour, is there anything that we haven't talked to you about today or asked you whether it's in regards to mental health or in regards to what it's like to be a veterinary nurse in the Netherlands uh, that, that you want to get out to our listeners today? Well, of course, if you, if we talk about, uh, burnout and you know and the heavy workload and everything it seems like if you would listen to this maybe why would you ever want to work in the field but uh, <laughs> good point don't forget we uh, it, it's <laughs> amazing too so you know it's a, it's an amazing jo- amazing place to work and uh, uh, i think it's a magical place to work also that's why i want to be the advocate for uh, nurses i don't want to coach them out of the field don't get me wrong i want to coach them to be able to stay in the field because it's a magical place to be. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so one of the things that we're, we've kind of added to our podcast recently is um, we're asking our guests who they would recommend we interview next. And I'm curious either in the mental health side of things in terms of people you've kind of connected with or, or just in our field in general, is there somebody that you think would make 
good conversation that you would recommend we reach out to to interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought about that, and I uh, one person, or actually two persons, they just peeped in my mind. And the first one is a, a friend of mine, uh, Ingrid, and she um, she is a veterinary technician. She took it upon herself to go uh, and work not with a contract like with one clinic but to be able to be uh, to be contracted everywhere so she's working in germany she's working in belgium oh, and wow. in, in holland and in england and uh, and then she works there for shifts for people with uh, pregnancy leave and she's a vts skilled also she went up i think in 2015 for her exam and now she took a job in kuwait because they're building a big clinic there and she's going to i think in December or January. So I wanted to ask her well, beforehand if, she, if it was okay that I mentioned her, but uh, I couldn't get a hold of her, her because she was traveling <laughs> to the UK and working oh, there. Wow. So, But I think she would be uh, a very good candidate. Also, there's my study buddy, uh, Lisa van der Meij. She She's a, an amazing tech. And she's at the university clinic at this point, mm-hmm. working in emergency critical care, but also at the intensive care unit. So, uh, yeah, and if anyone knows about stuff that's really happening at this point, then uh, it's Lisa. Okay. So. Mm, great. Yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in touch with some of yeah, those. Yeah, absolutely. They're both on Facebook. Great, great. <laughs> it's easy to easy, find. Easy enough, okay. Easy enough, yeah. All right, Dave, you want to go for your uh, your next question there? It's time for the Vet Tech Cafe Would You Rather question. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I did it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeff, which one do you think I should do? One, two, three, or four? Uh, I was kind of thinking number one. Yeah, I was thinking number okay, one. Okay, great. All right, Nico. Mm-hmm. Would you rather get a paper cut every time you turn a page or bite your tongue every time you eat? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, I, I bite my tongue a lot and it hurts like hell. So I think the paper cut, yeah. You take the paper eventually cuts? It will start, it, eventually I will get uh, calluses. So. Yeah. I find every time I bite my tongue, I, I, I just get so mad at myself. I'm like, yeah. it's been there the whole time. Why? why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. It's a, it's a, it's actually a quite energetic thing that you were that you weren't consciously eating. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a good reminder yeah. of your buddy to uh, hey, watch what you're yeah. eating. <laughs> uh. All right, caffeinators. Well, thank you very much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today. Ninka, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time out and talking to us all about this. Um, I, it's fascinating to me to hear the subtle differences in, yeah. in, in the profession. Some of the major differences. In, you know, in different countries, but also the the, the major similarities and, and that oh, yeah. so much of, of what we're fighting with here, you're fighting with there, and it, it in the end is really actually not all that different. And, <laughs> and as you said, though, like... We also like you don't want to coach people out of the profession. We don't either. We we want we want to also tell people why it's it's also pretty great. There's a reason we've done this for so long. So um, so thank you very much for for taking the time to to talk to us about all of that. That was a fascinating discussion. So really really enjoyed the time. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, inviting me too. I had a great time. So great, great, awesome. All right, caffeinators, be well, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye, guys. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media, they can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at dogdaysconsulting.com. 
Hey, caffeinators. We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website, www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.